What's up, guys? It's Mickey, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. All right, how are we feeling this week? How are we doing? January is flying on by. We are already about to be in February. How are we doing, guys? I, you know, I said I didn't do New Year's goals and resolutions this year. I'm trying to practice going with the flow and staying in the moment. And have I done a great job at it so far? No, (laughs) but better than expected? Of course, of course. So I'm proud of myself for that. How are you guys doing if you did make goals and, and resolutions and all that kind of stuff? And if you haven't accomplished them, I would say don't feel bad. Give yourself time. It's literally the first month. And, you know, even though New Year's that we celebrate starts on the first, most people don't even count. Like whether it's like doing a diet or taking a break for something, or I'm going to get this accomplished by the end of the month. We listen, most of us do not start on the first. Okay. So your new year's can start whenever you decide. As we all know, time is kind of like an illusion anyways. Right. So Give yourself some grace. And if you still have things you want to accomplish, don't beat yourself up if you haven't done them by now. Okay. All right. Now, I also want to do a podcast spotlight for Baby Mama's No Drama with Kale Lowry and V Rivera. They're having an upcoming Valentine's Day event on February 7th. So make sure you go support them. They are our favorite baby mamas. And if you haven't heard of them, they have their own podcast and it's really good. It comes out on Tuesdays. I like it. So if you enjoy listening to other podcasts besides BK, of course, then feel free to go listen to baby mamas no drama they um they're just they're a mom and they're a stepmom who are now friends who work together they have a great relationship and let me tell you as you can probably imagine it didn't start off that way so in the first episode they kind of break down their relationship in the beginning and how they were able to get to the point where they are now and they they talk about some really cool and interesting topics guys so it's really good i would check them out um you may also know both of them from team mom too if you've ever seen any of them from the team mom franchise you may know them and but i feel like you know reality tv is so fake now <laughs> i miss when reality tv was real so even though i'm still a reality tv junkie i can kind of tell like okay this is scripted or this is the producers are asking them certain questions a certain kind of way to make it seem like this person is saying this about that person like it's pretty fake now and can i just say can we bring reality real reality tv back I'm tired of the scripted fake reality TV. I know producers have to do, do their jobs to like make a show come to life. I'm not saying producers stop doing your job, but can we have like what's actually going on in their real lives? If there's no drama, let it be no drama. If there's drama, y'all don't have to hype it up because y'all are not going to be there to support them when they get the backlash, when they get the scandals or whatever. You're just going to have cameras in their face and clearly documenting their downfall and that's just not cool. But yeah, I would love for real reality TV to come back. Although, like I said, I'm still a reality TV junkie. So I do watch the scripted stuff. But with this podcast, you get to know them through this platform. And I feel like it does a better job than what Teen Mom did. Um, And like I said, if you like that podcast with Baby Mama's No Drama with both of them, they also have others. So you can go check out Vibin' and Kind of Thriving. That's V's other podcast. And you can also check out Kel's two other podcasts, 
that she has because that girl literally has three now. So she is the queen of podcasts at this point. Coffee Convos with Lindsay Chrisley. And oh my God, I can't think of her other one right now. I'm going blank. Give me a second. Let me go to my library. Two seconds. Barely Famous. Sorry, Kale. Barely Famous is her other ones. That comes out, I think, on Fridays. Coffee Convos usually comes out on Thursdays. Vibing and Kind of Throbbing comes out on Mondays. So listen, if you want to fill your week with podcasts, hello, me on Monday. Vibing and Kind of Thriving on Monday. Tuesday, Baby Mama's No Drama. Thursday, Coffee Convos. Fridays, Barely Famous. And then if you can't watch them on the, listen to them on the days they come out and or watch, then space them out throughout the week. That's what I do. Okay. So we got to love our successful women and we got to shout them out when we can, right? All right. All right, BK fam, let's talk about stonewalling versus silent treatment. Have you guys heard of, I know majority of us have heard of silent treatment, but how many of us have heard of stonewalling? And there might be a lot of people that have, and for some, this could be new. So let's jump into it and break down the difference between the two. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is stonewalling. So stonewalling is when someone emotionally shuts down and withdraws from interaction. It can seem from the outside that the person is ignoring you, shutting down. But one psychologist thinks that something else is happening instead. It's called diffuse psychological arousal or DPA. And it can also be known as flooded or flooding. So this means an individual is overwhelmed to the point where their brain can't function normally. Flooding is our body's alarm system for when it feels threatened. So think about, for example, like if an animal is chasing you um, and like your adrenaline starts rushing and basically your body is like, the only thing you can focus on is safety and how to escape this animal and ways to outsmart this animal. Your body is flooded with maybe different, like the adrenaline and different kind of thoughts, but it's more honed in on literally survival or flooding can even happen with the simplest things of conflict with another person. So when people are stonewalling, they're usually in the freeze aspect out of the fight flight or freeze modes. And this can look like disassociation or saying something like, let me be quiet before I say something reckless. How many of us have used that in our lifetime, right? Let me shut up because if I talk, (laughs) I'm going to say something that I don't mean or let me be quiet before I say something that I can't take back. And when it comes to the silent treatment, this is when a person is using their silence more in the form of punishment. Ooh, okay, BK fam, let's be honest. How many of us have used silent treatment as a form of punishment? Raise your hand. Don't be shy. I got mine up. I definitely, definitely have. Um, And it comes pretty easy. I grew up in a household where it was used as a form of punishment. My mom didn't. My mom was the complete opposite. She is like, a, let's fix it. Let's talk about it. Or I need to get out all of how I feel like she's gonna, she's gonna say it. But my stepdad, he was great at the silent treatment and he taught all of us how to be great at the silent treatment. We knew that if we had pissed him off in some kind of way, he wasn't going to talk to us. He probably wasn't going to feed us. 
And in order for him to come around and talk to us, either my mom would have to make us like be like, you know, go talk to him because you know how he is kind of thing. Um, and you know, we, I just had this conversation with my mom recently and she was like, but I would give you guys grace periods and she would, she would give us grace, but it's like at the same time, at regardless, it boiled down to if we didn't go talk to him, he was not, he wasn't budging. Like if we didn't go apologize to him, he wasn't budging. So it really taught us how to use the silent treatment as a form of punishment or how to, for me, I have the personality type, as we all know, BK fam, that I easily shut down. Not always in the healthiest way and sometimes in a way of like, let me retreat so I can figure out how I feel or let me retreat so I don't say something that I don't mean. And I saw it growing up. And again, it also just plays to kind of how I am as a person. So I've definitely used the silent treatment as a form of punishment for other people. Definitely have. And the silent treatment is intentionally refusing to communicate or acknowledge the person, usually because you're upset or you want to weaponize your silence, which can be very toxic and an abusive tactic. And look, no passes for me either. When I have punished people by use, by being silent, um, that is a very toxic thing or a very abusive thing, okay? So the psychologist thinks, although both can be harmful, intent matters, which we know that here. We know that we could do certain things. And even if we hurt the other person, look at the source and then also look at their intentions behind it. Because maybe they hurt you by default. Maybe they didn't try to hurt you and their intentions were to try to do something helpful or to try to do something better. But in the end, it hurt you. So intent matters. All right. Silent treatment is usually meant to hurt the person. Okay, while stonewalling is self-preservance. They say that self-soothing is a way to help with stonewalling. Like, for example, calling a timeout and letting the person know you need space and some just some time to gather your thoughts. If the person has disassociated already, then there's a chance that they are already trying to self-soothe themselves and create a safe space. This can also boil down to not being able to communicate well or having passive aggressive behaviors. Let me tell you guys, I can definitely pass be passive aggressive at times, which is not okay. Not at all. I also laugh when they tell kids you've been so mature for since like such a young age or for your age. And I literally just laugh. I think it's so laughable because I shut down a lot a lot. So my communication stopped forming at some point. And now I have to make myself not only communicate, but make sure it's being done in a healthy way. I listen, I had a moment of stonewalling recently because something was happening to me where I felt overwhelmed. And even though I knew it wasn't a personal attack, it was hard to explain the rush that I felt in my body and the thoughts that I had in my head because I am an overthinker. Let me just pause for a second and say all my overthinkers, oh, I feel for you guys. I feel for you guys. People like, and I've I've been guilty of this to be like, you got to stop yourself from overthinking. And then I'll quickly remind them, I'm an overthinker. So I, I know it's easier said than done. 
But it's like, do you think we want to overthink? No. Do you think we want our minds to come up with all these different scenarios or think of all these different options? No. I would love to be so laissez-faire in my head and be like, oh, yeah, it is what it is. I strive to have moments like that. That's what I'm working towards. But so far, I'm not 100% there yet. But for the moments that I've been able to accomplish them, they do feel great not to think of 60 million different avenues, not to think like this outcome, that outcome, or maybe if I had this outcome plus that outcome, like literally Tony Stark in that Avengers movie trying to think, or no, excuse me, not even Tony Stark, Dr. Strange in the Avengers movie being like, okay, this is the only one that works. Or if we try this way, we're all going to die. Or this person's going to die. Or this doesn't necessarily save the world. And we're not going to get into the controversy of killing Iron Man and stuff, but that's how it feels sometimes for an overthinker. Like you think of all the different outcomes and what is the best outcome. And sometimes it's not like we're trying to necessarily predict the best outcome all the way, but it's just, we can't help it. Like our brains are now I know flooded. Okay. So give some grace to your overthinkers. Okay. We're trying our best out here. We are trying our best. And even though, like I said, it wasn't a personal attack on me, I literally had to withdraw to walk my mind down and help my body realize we're okay because I could literally feel it inside my body. And I had to remind my body, we're not under attack. This is not a threat, okay? Um, However, I realized how hypocritical of me it was to stonewall and make the decisions for others and not tell them how many times have you guys heard me on here be like oh i can't stand when other people make decisions for me blah 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 how dare you not give me the choice to walk away or to stay and blah 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 listen when i was stonewalling all of my words came back to my head and i was like i'm taking the choice away from them to literally be like able to communicate or to at least let them know like this isn't you this is me I need some space it does it also just showed me how immature of me it was like that was not an example of healthy or mature communication and like I said guys with me trying to be better my BK fam I cut my stonewalling super short Yay! Inserts and applause, okay? I cut it short. And I'm pretty good at silent treatment. I'm really good at stonewalling because I'm so great at shutting down. Not a flex, okay? Not a bragging moment. But I am. I'm just honest about (laughs) how good at it I am. I really am. And it's not always great for me or others in my lives that I'm so good at that. Just because you're good at it doesn't mean you necessarily need to do it. And darn sure not do it as often as I do it. But I was very proud of myself for cutting it off because I'm trying to be better with shutting down in general. I'm trying to be better. We're giving people a chance to hear their side of the story. I'm trying to be better with just... um communicating the fact of I need some space it has nothing to do with you it's just where I am right now don't take this personal I will come out of my shell once my body feels centered calm again um and then it also just checks me about learning how to mature in my communication and learn how to handle it in a more healthy way and like I said because even though it was self-preservation for me 
I was also stopping myself from talking to people that I would want to talk to. So more like a win-lose and not a win-win. And in this case, a win is a win didn't apply. Let's discuss some of the effects of stonewalling and silent treatment. So stonewalling can be a trauma response. Are we surprised? How many of our actions are dictated by the trauma and the experiences that we've been through? I would say 99.9999% of how we are and how we respond to things is because of experiences and traumas that we've been through. So stonewalling and the silent treatment but especially stonewalling. Stone, silent treatment, again, is more of a punishment, but I will definitely say stonewalling. But silent treatment, if you look at it, you can kind of say that that is a response to that was either learned behavior or um, you learned to use it as a form of punishment from your experiences growing up or experiences that you encountered with other people in your adult life. Everything is not a lot of I would say, I don't want to say everything is not rooted back to childhood. I think a, a lot of stuff is, but there's also life after childhood. There are different experiences that you have in your young adult years and your older years. And trauma doesn't stop happening. Like, because people don't stop hurting people and this world is janky regardless. So be prepared to experience some fucked up shit in your lifetime. That's just, it is what it is. So stonewalling is a trauma response from childhood or a relationship. As we talked about earlier, it can be a coping mechanism and a form of self-perseverance. For example, someone who may pass out if they're under extreme amounts of stress. A person stonewalling can feel like they're in a life-threatening situation and they are literally trying to survive by keeping still or removing themselves from the situation. For those that don't experience this, this can sound a bit dramatic, right? For you laissez-faire people, laid back, cool people, to have the thought of someone saying something or doing something and it triggering you or your whole body feeling flooded or whatever, you're like, what the f- is this? Just take a chill pill and relax easier said than done and trust we wish we could that's like the same thing for my anxious people you know shout out to my anxious community one day at a time we wish we didn't have to be anxious about certain things like the things that some people are anxious about is embarrassing for them to say I've heard people literally be like I'm anxious about things that most people would be like this is a normal thing how are you even worried about it like what is it um People just can't help with they how they feel about certain things or how they feel about certain people. And I think it's so easy to be like, just get over it, just do it. Or even like if somebody is depressed, it's so easy to tell somebody, just get up and take a shower. Just um get up and go for a walk. Just open the curtains. You're gonna magically feel better with sunlight. Now, sunlight will help if you are depressed, hence why some people are seasonal depressed people. They are sadder in the winter than they are in the summer times because we have more daylight, more sunlight. I'm not saying that sunlight can help. It absolutely can, but it's not the only thing. And some people don't even have the energy to get up at the bed and open the curtains. But if you've never experienced that kind of sadness, or if you've never seen anybody go through that level of sadness, you just, 
you can't understand. And sometimes people can come off dismissive to people who do suffer with anxiety or depression and things like that, or even the simplest thing of overthinking. I always try to remind myself that what I can handle, another person may not be built to handle. And what they can handle, I may not be built to handle because I may be like, what the f- is this? Okay. And they're like, oh, I deal with this on a regular. And there are other things that I go through or that I've been through and they're like, how are you still sane? And I'm like, oh, this is nothing. But I could never stay sane with some of the experiences you have been through. So I think, again, that goes back to us just trying to be more empathetic and give each other some grace because we're not all built to sustain the same kind of battles and trials, but we are built to handle our trials and and handle our battles and not just handle them but beat them, conquer them, and win them. Remember, you will and you are a conqueror. You can and you will get through whatever battle you're facing. You just have to take it one day at a time and don't put yourself on a time limit to get over something, to get through something, because what one person can do faster than you, it does not matter. You do it at your pace, your time to make sure you're fully healed fully healed and not just rushing the process because everybody say you should just be over something or someone by now okay remember that (laughs) so again for those that don't experience this it can sound dramatic I do understand that but I don't wish this feeling on anyone at all and if you have a partner or a person in your life that experiences this grace is needed grace is needed. And learning the signs and healthy ways to support the person can be vital and beneficial. Research has shown that the act of ignoring or excluding someone or something activates the same area of the brain that is activated by physical pain. The initial pain from being ignored is the same regardless of whether it's a stranger, a close friend, or an enemy. And I thought that was so important to include because a lot of times you may think like, oh, well, if it's a close friend, of course it's going to hurt. If it's a loved one, of course it's going to hurt. But the initial reaction in your brain, they don't decipher like, oh, this is from a stranger, so we don't care. This is from an enemy, so we don't care or we expect this. All your brain realizes you're being ostracized or you're being ignored And they just pick up on it the same way as if it's from a loved one or a close friend. So we have to be careful and not be dismissive that, oh, if it's coming from someone I don't like or if it's coming from someone I don't know, that it won't have the same effects in the brain because it absolutely can and will. Now, the effects might not last as long if it's a stranger or the effects might not last as long if it's an enemy once you think about the source and who it's coming from. But the inevitable starting point is still the same for all of us no matter where it's coming from if you're in a romantic relationship and a partner uses the silent treatment it is tremendously damaging to the relationship okay for all my bk fam and relationships right now let me repeat if you're in a romantic relationship and a partner uses the silent treatment, it is tremendously damaging to the relationship. And I know a lot of times we can think like we're being heroic and stoic and just um, like great big being the bigger person. Like, I'm not saying hurtful things to you, so you should be happy. But using silence as a weapon, like you're doing 
I can't think of the term that they described it, but you're basically doing like a silent killer. This isn't the exact term that they use, but you're basically being like a silent killer. Your weapon is invisible, whereas a hit can leave a bruise or um, word venom can cut, right? But your weapon is your silence. And that's, it doesn't negate the fact that it's still a weapon. So don't do that to your partner, especially if you love them. Do not do that. Easier said than done. If that's something you're accustomed to, or if you have a shutdown kind of personality or withdrawal type personality, but it's something willing to work on and work at because you don't want to do tremendous damage to your relationship. And you may be trying to be helpful by not spewing out venom at that moment, but you're still creating another void and another problem that will still need to be fixed. Don't try to solve a problem by creating another problem. Although I know all of us have done that at some point, try not to add on to the pile. You eliminate one just to create another when you could have just found a healthier way to deal with the other problem in the first way. So the way that this is damaging is it can diminish satisfaction for both partners, diminish feelings of intimacy, and reduce the capacity to communicate in a way that is healthy and meaningful. All right. So studies show that it's the most common pattern of conflict in marriage or any type of committed relationship. Not only can the damage be emotional and psychological, we can have other damage such as anxiety, aggression, erectile dysfunction, urinary problems, and bowel problems. And if for the people who are thinking like, why would I have bowel problems or something? Think about all the people who feel like I have to sh take a dump when they are nervous or they are in high conflict. And it's just, you can't always predict how your body is going to respond in high conflict situations or in stressful situations. If people are passing out from being too stressed, don't think you peeing on yourself or taking a dump or instantly having diarrhea or something isn't going to happen because it absolutely can happen. Humans are wired for connection. So this can hurt a person to their core. Remember that taking space to yourself or needing a moment before speaking your thoughts is okay. It is absolutely okay. And I don't want you guys to think that it's not. It's okay. But you might want to at least give the person the courtesy of letting them know and not letting too much time go past to try to make them suffer in some form or because you're trying to avoid conflict altogether. The hard conversations are needed and working through them will make you better in the long run. So all I have to say is good luck on the journey, BK fam. I'm trying to get better myself and I'm supporting and rooting for you guys too. Let's take it one day at a time. We got this. Now, I want to touch on something I discussed in last week's episode, and it was talking about, well, it I was talking about the feeling of wanting to be desired, and I touched on how true validation comes from God and should start with him if you believe in him. However, I don't want to gloss over that point and make it seem like we're not human. And as humans, we have desires and we want to be desired by other people. Sure, there are a multitude of reasons why, but the fact remains the same. You can believe in God and still have a desire to be desired by other human beings. So as a female, you know, we kind of get, um, we kind of get slack 
for wanting to be desired by other men. Does anybody remember the whole Aisha Curry scandal? Right. I understood exactly what she was saying from the jump, but men were looking for a problem. And the only reason the media and the pick me girls and the men like calmed down was because I can't even scratch that. I don't even want to say pick me girls. I just want to say girls who purposely were going out of their way to not understand what they were saying. Cause it was like point blank period. It was common sense. We knew what she meant. Like, did she love Steph? Of course she loved Steph. Was she trying to cheat on him? Of course she wasn't trying to cheat on him. But as a woman, especially at her state, she was a mother. She was a businesswoman. She was a wife. And she had been playing those roles for so long. And she had been married for so long at that point. It's nice to still know that she is a woman that is sought after, desired. And there were so many people that were like, if you're married, you shouldn't care about that, blah, blah, blah. And I don't understand why men can be like, I still got it, right? And she couldn't say that. But to my point, when her husband supported her and loved her and didn't see a problem with what she said, everybody backed off. And can I just say that that is how you're supposed to you're supposed to support your partner? Try to hear where they're coming from. Understand. And then when the public is literally trying to give them the business, you love them out loud because that's what they need. They need to be loved out loud. They need to be supported. And... I shout out to Steph, okay? And shout out to Aisha, because that's my girl. And she'd be doing it. She'd be killing it. Both of them be killing it. The way that they love each other, the way that they parent, the way that they are both bosses, you know, and still find balance and time for each other. I salute them. Um, back to the point of wanting to be validated or um validated just desired. Because maybe validation is a part of that a little bit, but I don't want to gloss over it and make it seem like, because I believe in God, that's like the ultimate be all. And that automatically takes away the feeling of wanting to be desired. I fully believe in God. I fully understand that my validation is supposed to come from him. I fully understand that no human being will be able to whoop, whoop, pump me up like he will and feel me in a way that he will. I get that. But after that, I still have normal human being feelings. I can know that at my core and still feel what I feel. Okay. So listen, I want to know, like, I want to know that I'm hot. I want to know that I still got it. Men get that all the time, whether they're married or not. In fact, sometimes when men are in committed relationship, it jumps up the level of women coming after them. And it could be for a multitude of reasons. It could be for women trying to tear down homes. It could be just because women are like, oh, this man can commit. The thought that a man can commit is something sexy about that because so many men have commitment issues these days. And so, and again, this does not apply to all men. This does not apply to all men. But there are a majority of them, especially in their 20s, that have commitment freaking issues. And so the norm these days is literally to just slut it out <laughs> not not have any discipline and all that kind of stuff and I don't I'm not trying to slut shame anybody and say that it's wrong I'm just saying that that's the norm so some women are probably like wait you're not like the average Joe you're not doing what all your other friends are doing you are not like all the men in the circle oh you're different it's something it's something attractive about them being different or it's something attractive about them being able to have self-control. And it's something attractive to think that 
everybody can't have access to you or the fact that you really can just commit to something. So ergo, more, a lot more women are coming after these men left and right. So they still get their ego stroke, okay? They still get their ego stroke. They still get to know whether, and then don't let men be fathers. Oh my God. And good fathers at that, it's like, oh, he picked up the baby. He's so cute. Oh, he took the baby on a walk. I can't believe it. Oh, he's feeding the baby. Moms do that all the time, but we're like, okay, that's your job. Nobody really says this is something beautiful about a mother putting the boob to the mouth of the baby and literally feeding the child from her body right? Women, we kind of get the beauty in it, but nobody's really hyping a woman up for her body after pregnancy. If anything, she's getting torn down. Nobody's hyping the woman up for the ability to not only carry life, but the fact that that's the closest thing to death that you can get to besides, you know, different kind of surgeries and stuff. We're putting yourself in like life and death situations. Nobody's hyping them up, but the dads, they get to keep their physiques. They get to like live their best lives. And then they just, the baby comes out and it's like, oh, hey, Papa, you're great. And I just want to say that it's okay to still be desired. I'm not even a mom yet. And I want to know that I'm hot. Like, thank you to the people who like hit on me probably at the gas station or their store, especially when I'm not looking my best, because it reminds me that if you like me, and I know that some men will hit on anything and try to sleep with anything. I know that. Okay. You don't have to try to burst my bubble here. I know. But for the men that do that, thanks. Thanks for temporarily stroking my ego, all right, for a, a few seconds. Thanks to know that I still got it. Because if you like me looking like I do sometimes, guys, seriously, seriously, especially when I'm just doing like store runs or something, if you like me like that, then I know damn well I can make you feel great and excited and always when I get dressed up. And sometimes it's just like nice to hear it and to know it. Like even if you don't want to have sex with that person, even if you don't want to give that person a chance, it's just nice to get a freaking compliment and to know that you're still hot, okay? And honestly, probably very young-minded and immature of me, it's just nice to know that they want to still have sex with you, even if I don't want to have sex with them point blank period. Probably not supposed to say it, but I'm going to say it. It's nice to know. Yes, you might not have a chance that I'm not saying you have to actively pursue because I wouldn't want to waste your time. I don't like wasting other people's time, but it's nice to be like, like oh, damn girl, you look good today. Or Woo-wee! you're fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to know I'm hot. Okay. I want to know that I still, I am desired and people would still like to have sex with me. Like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with women wanting to know that? They're not saying we're going to go hop on every guy's you-know-what, but I mean, sheesh. What men get naturally, a lot of times they, like, they shame us women for. Like, maybe we wouldn't have to say out loud, we still need to feel the need to be desired, if it wasn't so taken away after we have kids, after we become have what uh, after we become wives and all this kind of stuff, or if maybe if men weren't so intimidated by bosses and women who make more money than them, or women who are just doing the damn thing, whether they make more money or not, a lot of men are intimidated by that. They don't find that sexy. I'm, again, this does not apply to all men, but for the men that are like intimidated by that, like why? Like if a man is being a boss and making like 
bankroll money. It's like, ooh, good for him. It's expected. If a woman is do it can do it or and she's independent and she's like self-sufficient, it's like, ow. Who do you think you are? Like, it's almost like they want us to be needy. Okay? Like, if we're needy, that's attractive. If we're willing to be molded, that's attractive. Like, ew, no. Listen, the women in my BK fam, we are bosses. We are great. Whether we are making millions of dollars or we are literally working at the gas station. I don't care. We are awesome and we all deserve to be like, damn, girl, you're hot damn girl i i sleep with you now that don't mean go out here and start harassing women there is a difference between giving a compliment and harassment please do not start harassing my bk fam i'm just saying it's nothing wrong with wanting to be desired and i just wanted to touch on that a little bit more because i didn't want it to come off like if you believe in god it's just gonna take the feeling away that's not how it works i just want us to remember that at the core God does give us our true validation and give us, you know, um, our true meaning and purpose. But number one, there are people who don't believe in God. So that didn't help them last week's episode. And there are people like me who do believe in God, but it didn't magically get rid of the feelings. Okay. So I just want my women to know it's okay to want to be desired and you're not wasting time. Now you're wasting time if you like playing games with them and trying to get them to fully pursue before a guy to just be like your heart or let you know like you still got it. Ain't nothing wrong with that because men get that literally their whole lifetime. Men never stop getting that so they don't really understand how it feels for a woman. But woman to woman girls, I get it. You're still bad. You're you're still desirable you're still excuse my language guys you're still fuckable you still got it okay so shine queen shine here comes a gym here comes a gym here comes a gym from mm mickey about to drop a gym 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 here comes a gym here comes a gym here comes a gym from mm mickey about to drop a gym mickey about to drop a gym mickey about to drop a gym okay now listen up okay guys so i want to drop some gems really quickly about the different type of prayers and PD, Pastor Terry Daniels from Change Church. We love him here on BK, we know. And he he broke down uh, five different types of prayers and I have them in my notes and I just want to read them and share them with my BK fam because it's important. The gems that I learned, I want to pass on to you guys and then you guys pass them on to other people and share it, share it, share it because we're trying to be better in this world. We're trying to have each generation be better. We're trying to make this society better because it is going to shit in my opinion okay so but there's also some stuff we do intentionally and there's other stuff we just we don't know we just do the best with the information that we have so I want to share some gems he shares some gems and I just want to share them with you guys and again remember to share them with others so the kind of prayers in the bible from PD and the first one that he had was invocation and this one is a request for intimacy asking for God's presence. So the presence of the king is an automatic eviction of things that are not of the king, okay? And this is just simply like 
we're really good. He broke it down like we're really good at asking God for things and gifts, but a lot of people struggle with really just getting in his presence. And as we know, presence is powerful, whether it's from Jesus Christ himself or it's from just a person you have in your life. We may not always need words. Sometimes we just need to feel him. I remember having a season in my life in college and I was like, I was just, I was going through something really serious and I was like, God, I just need your presence right now. I need your presence. And I was like crying in the room and everything, but I promise you, I called out to him and I felt his presence. He came to me. He really came to me. So call out to him, ask for an invocation prayer. He will come and his presence is powerful. And the reason I think I felt better was not only because I could feel him, but also because like I explained, the presence of a king is an automatic eviction of things that are not of the king. Okay. Number two, appreciation, appreciation. And in parentheses, I have Philippians 4, 7. I don't remember what the exact verse is, but he was breaking down um, different examples from the Bible with scriptures. So you can go check out that Philippians 4, 7. And the prayer of appreciation is basically the prayer you pray when you have seasons of being impatient. You remind yourself to be thankful for all the things that he's done. And for a lot of us, we're trying to accomplish a lot of things. We're trying to work a lot of things out. We're trying to get over people and things really quickly. But it's like, hey, just say thank you. Gratitude, 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 gratitude is huge. It's huge. It changes your mindset. Whether you're saying thank you to God or you're just focusing on gratitude in general, it can literally change the trajectory of your life, the trajectory of your day, the trajectory of your thoughts and what you think you manifest. So if you keep negative thought patterns, you're going to look around and you're going to hate your life and hate the people in it. So gratitude, 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 gratitude especially in the kingdom way, is the seed for more. When you say thank you, God hears encore, encore, like not my child being grateful. Like if you like this, honey, just let me show you what I can really do. I can do so many things beyond your imagination. And not only can I do that, but I am willing to do that. Isn't that so great that we serve a God that not only can he, but he's willing to go above and beyond. Like it gives him, it gives him joy to bless us. He gives him joy to bless, you know, others. It just gives him joy to help us be better and do better. And he's doing it. He's doing it on, um, he literally sent his son to die on a maybe. And it just, he also sent him so we could be reconnected with God because we had to be separated and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to get into all that because I'm just trying to get to the five prayers. But isn't it so nice to serve a God that loves us that much that he wants to bless us? You know how they be shaming um, earthly parents for spoiling their kids? Um, I don't, you know, you can spoil a child and still teach them how to treat other people. It's when you don't teach them how to treat other people or respect certain things. That's when you have problems. But I don't think parents should be shamed for treating their children nicely or going above and beyond, especially when they have the means. I think a lot of times that hate, like that haterade comes from literally them not getting it themselves as children and they're like oh you're gonna raise the worst people no you can be spoiled and still know how to act like a decent human being you can be spoiled and still understand that me being spoiled with these things it is a blessing because everybody doesn't have this nor do they have parents that want to give it to them so you know let's stop shaming people for taking very very good care of their kids and you know i'm not spoiled i'm well taken care of that's what i say all right. So the third one is intercession. And it means to stand in the gap. If I'm not good at nothing else, I am good at intercession. Me and my mom, 
we can we are some intercession praying queens and standing in the gap is so for example you god may bring somebody to your mind it doesn't matter if you're on a walk if you're exercising if you're you know at school if you like just wake up to go pee in the middle of the night god put somebody in your mind pray for them and sometimes you may need to reach out but pray for them if he says pray for this person do this we are under attack all this all the time all the time every day and i think we forget because we can't always see the weapons being formed that baby there's a hedge of protection that god has around us there's a lot of attacks that should have got to us that he stopped there's a lot of attacks that our parents our uh grandparents our friends have prayed like sometimes we don't have the strength to carry ourselves in heavy seasons. And there are friends and our people that are sending prayers up like, hey, protect their heart. They can't they can't talk to you right now, God. So uh, I'm going to talk to you on their behalf. I'm going to pray for what they need on their behalf. Intercession to me is probably one of the most important prayers that we should know about and know how to do. Um and yeah, I think we should stand in the gap for our people. Like I said, our parents do it a lot. Our grandparents do it a lot. A lot of our friends, depending on the kind of friends you have, they'll do it for you. Like you'd be blessed or you'll be like, oh my God, there was somebody who had an accident and I literally just went that way. Prayer saved. Prayer save us. Okay. So we have to remember that. The fourth one is supplication and it means to request. So this isn't, I'm praying for someone else. This is, I'm praying for myself, God. I'm asking for myself. And in parentheses, I have Joshua 10, verse 12 through 13. Remember, I don't have the verses literally out. So go check it out if you want to see what um, example that is. But then, that supplication prayer is asking God for something that you need, okay? And the final one is the prayer of authority. And then the verse that I have in parentheses is John chapter 11, verse 43 through 44. And we usually talk to God about things, but when we start praying in authority, we talk to things about God. So example, in the name of Jesus, the fever must break. In the name of Jesus, these organs will work. In the name of Jesus, this person will not be depressed. In the name of Jesus, you cannot have my children. In the name of Jesus, you cannot have my family. In the name of Jesus, you can't have my mind, okay? We start talking back to things and reminding them of the power that we have and the authority that we have because God gave it to us and who we serve and in his name, in his name, he has all the power to handle these things, to fix these things, to conquer these things. That's why I always remind my BK fam, we're conquerors regardless, okay? We're in the kingdom. We're going to defeat the battle. The God never said the weapons win form, but he did say they won prosper. So I don't care if you see one in front of you, if you feel one breathing down on your neck behind you and from the side and the side, let me tell you something, babe. Let me tell you something. It will form but it will not prosper. Do not get tired. Do not get weary. And when you are in seasons of being weighed down and you're like, oh my God, I'm finna give in. I'm finna give in. That's where you ask your people. That's where you ask your true circle and community. I need you to pray for me. I need you to do prayers of what? Intercession for me. And I need you to do what I can't do for myself at this moment. All right. So um, that was just 
he preached on that this past Sunday. Well, by the time it's here, I think it was two weeks ago. He preached on this about two weeks ago. And it was just to teach us the different types of prayers so we can make sure we do the right prayer for the right problem at the right time time all right so pd is always dropping gems and we are so grateful for him i know that i definitely am and i just hope that that helped i hope that that helped and come back to this episode whenever you need to remember i will link the sermon so you guys can go check it out and hear all the examples that he used and how he broke it down because of course he went into greater detail than me and i just hope that helps guys all right so i love you guys i love you guys thank you for all the constant support i hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and that something was helpful and insightful and i can't wait to see what we talk about next time all right guys bye